Good morning, City Church. This is Eric. With a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's word, a moment of grace. Happy 11th day of Christmas. Today, I'll continue this takeover week by reflecting more on how we can carry the meaning of Christmas beyond December 25th by specifically using the wise men from Matthew chapter 2 as our guide. Now, I want you to think for a moment about someone who's a really good gift giver, someone who is thoughtful, creative, and especially generous. I'm certain that whomever you're thinking of is not me. I'm not a great gift giver. I'm too pragmatic, I'm too lazy, and especially, I'm too cheap. I think too much about what a gift costs and not enough about the potential joy the gift will bring to the other person. Good gift givers, on the other hand, derive delight from giving. They can't wait for their gifts to be opened. They're eager to see the reaction of the recipient. For them, it truly is better to give than to receive. In the Christmas story, the wise men who visit Jesus are consummate gift givers. But before we dive into what makes them good gift givers, I've got a quick Bible trivia question. How many wise men were there? You probably answered three. But the Bible never explicitly tells us how many wise men there were. In Matthew 2, the wise men are mentioned three times, verses 1, 7, and 16, but always as a group, using the Greek word magi, which means something like magicians or astrologers slash priests. We assume there were three of them because of the gifts that the wise men offer Jesus. As it says in verse 11, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So three isn't a wrong answer per se, but technically we don't know how many wise men there were. Regardless of their exact numbers, I'm convicted and challenged by the wise men's gift giving for a few reasons. First, the wise men travel a great distance in order to present their gifts. This isn't convenient or easy. If I'd been in their sandals, I would have one-clicked an Amazon delivery over to Bethlehem. But the wise men come from the east, or as the Christmas carol puts it, we three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we travel afar. We don't know for sure where they came from or how long it took them to get to Bethlehem, but the church tradition has the wise men arriving 12 days after Jesus was born, although it could have been considerably longer. Some, for instance, suggest that the wise men didn't visit until 40 days after Jesus was born, after the purification rites described in Luke 2. Or some others think that perhaps it took even two years after he was born, based on King Herod's decree to search out and kill all the male children under two years of age, as recorded in Matthew 2, verse 16. Now, the second remarkable thing that I want you to notice about the wise men's gift giving is that they open their treasures. When I read that, all I can think is, ouch, I'm very hesitant to open my treasure, not for Jesus, not for anyone. I keep my treasure hidden away, hopefully growing through the power of compound interest. The simple act of the wise men opening their treasure reveals their hearts. It shows that in Jesus, they found something of greater worth than anything their money can buy or that the world can offer. The last way I'm challenged by the wise men's gift giving is through the nature of their gifts. They give lavish gifts, gifts befitting a king. At first, the gifts seem strange, not exactly what baby Jesus would want or what his doting parents needed. Mary and Joseph likely exchanged some odd looks as the wise men doled out gold and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, Hey guys, thanks so much for making the trip, but these gifts weren't on our baby registry. We were really hoping instead for that snooze-smart sleeper and a nose Frida.
Gold of the wise men's gifts is the one that's most understandable, signifying that this child is royal and worthy of the most valuable gift. Frankincense is a perfume that was often mixed with anointing oil. So that gift is a sign of Jesus' ordained role as the Christ, literally the anointed one. And myrrh, well, myrrh was medicinal, believed to possess healing qualities. So myrrh is a sign that Jesus will be a healer. Together, the lavish gifts of the wise men signal who this baby would become, the rightly anointed king of the Jews, as verse 2 says, but a king who would also be a healer of human bodies, of human hearts, of the whole broken world. I'm convinced that learning from the wise men and their lavish gift-giving provides an outline for us this year as we think about responding to Jesus. How might we open our treasures and faithfully give to Jesus what he rightly deserves as the king, not only of the Jews, but of everything, both in this world and in our hearts? Until tomorrow, stay well and do good.